Saving the Innocent from Corporate Radio. This is a live stream, episode 202 of the show, Where Ohio Throws Down, Ohio is on Fire. I am the host, Daniel Diesel, and yes, this is a podcast episode, but also I am streaming live as I do this episode. In just a little bit, I'll have my guest interview for this episode. It is a band from the Dane, Ohio area. They are, they've been hitting it big lately. They released an album this past summer. And they've really liked my show. They've listened to my show over the last several months. I don't know how long James has been listening. James Crabtree and I, we've been friends for a while. But his band, A Voice of Your Own, is here on this episode. That's going to come in just a little bit. I also want to play two of their music videos. And thanks to the equipment that I have, thanks to Streamlabs, I'm able to show the um, people that are watching this stream the actual music video. Because you can see me and you will see the music video. I am psyched, and of course, this is like a, a pilot for me of sorts. Like, it's another episode of Ohio's on Fire, but I, this is like a pilot um, experiment to see how more often I do this. Of course, I want feedback on how this pilot goes, the streaming pilot, if you will. So, with that, I want to start with a story for anyone that's in chat. Hello, thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. Yes, this month is October, so that's Halloween month. A lot of scary things happen, especially in the state of Ohio over the years and over generations. One of the most infamous criminals to ever come from the state of Ohio is John Dillinger. Yes, I don't know if people know this, but John Dillinger, he grew up in Lima, Ohio. I got a little bit of story on him. In 1933, gangsta John Dillinger escaped from the Allen County Jail in Lima, Ohio, which was his hometown. He was awaiting trial after being arrested by Dayton police for robbing a bank in New Carlisle. He then went on a nationwide crime spree of a group that became known as the Dillinger Gang. Now, what I want to know is what would happen if the Dillinger Gang existed today? Because I think what they did back in 1933, you know, they did they sold firearms illegally. That's something that they did. They, they also acted as a mob of sorts. They would beat people up, force them to give them their money. So it was mafia-type stuff. I was trying to think, what would the Dillinger Gang do today if they were around in 19, I'm sorry, 2019? I'm going to make my predictions. I think the Dillinger Gang, I think they would want to be high-tech, just like everyone else. We live in this modern technology era, if you will. So I think they would go around door-to-door stealing everyone's computers or something like that. Their iPods, they would all, they would want all the technology they could get their hands on. And what they would do, they would take out the robotic engines of these computers and these iPods because they sound like they're actually pretty smart 
because they actually made things by hand as well. They, they did everything in-house. So I think they'd be able to do this as well. They would probably make a very dangerous weapon of mass destruction, if you will. Something where they can go into like a large bank and demand that they have $100 million and they didn't get $100 million. They would have some type of detonator. It would blow everything up. It would melt everyone's faces off. And of course, then they'd be on the run. I do think they'd be captured though, because even they were captured back in 1933. That was back when it was hard to find people. But now with Facebook help and Twitter, I think they would last about two weeks. They'd be on a run, and then someone, the FBI would catch them, all good stuff. So with that being said, those are my thoughts about Don, John Dillinger and his gang. Um, I will read your comments a little bit because I can't see your comments right now through Facebook Live. and also, I'm also on Twitch.com right now. Hello to my people at Twitch. Thank you for listening. If you are there, I'll read your comments in a little while because during my interview with a voice of your own, I, we will, I will try to look up the comments. Hopefully it doesn't mess up my stream because this is, once again, this is new for me, the way that I'm doing this. But hopefully this, so far so good. It looks like things are working well so far. I'll read your comments. Tell me what you think Don, John Dillinger, if I can get his name right, John Dillinger would do if he was around in 2019. Now with that, I got a special treat for everyone at home, as I do have a voice of your own as my um, guest for this episode. They released some music videos recently to plug um, their recent, recently released album, Satellites. It came out this past summer. They made several music videos and little concert clips. And there's two in particular I want to play this episode. So please enjoy the first one I'm going to play is Over My Head. Yeah. 
to Ben now, James Crabtree, Tyler Conley. Hey guys. How you doing? All right. Yeah, thank you for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. No doubt. I want to know, um, now we've, I played a music video over my head. I want to know some information. It looked like a really cool video. Where did you guys shoot that at? Um, just in the woods here around Dayton. Oh. Like over in, over like on the north side of Dayton. There's like a just a bunch of like old church areas and like wooded areas close to the place that we practice at. So it seemed like a good place to uh, it seemed like a good place to try to uh, shoot a music video, I guess. Absolutely. Now um, let me scoot over here. They, oh, yes. You get in here, they can now see themselves. All right. So they, I don't need to be on camera. Just you two. You two are my focus. But anyway, um, so who was the music director for this music video? We were. Oh, you, got, you did yourselves? Yeah, yeah, sometimes we use our friend's help. Uh, like, my, uh, our friend uh, John has like a small little production company thing. Oh, cool. And some, sometimes we use his help, but that one we actually just did ourselves. Like, I shot when I wasn't in the frame, and then I would step out, and then Tyler would film some, and we just kind of like legit did it ourselves. So. Well, that's amazing. And good job. It was it was a good music video. That's a for real. Hey, and we did most of that on our iPhones, iPhone. too. So <laughs> that's a for yeah. real iPhone DIY <laughs> music video right there. Damn. <laughs> that's something. Now, of course, the four of you, you guys are you known as a voice of your own. I wonder, how did you four get together? But to backtrack, I know, James, this started out as a soul project. And over the years, you've had three new, three new bandmates to the project. So how did you guys meet and make this happen? Um, I think we just kind of, we've known each other for a really long time, we've all, we've all kind of talked about doing music together at some point or another, and um, when I, when it came time to actually like uh, try to actually form a group, uh, Tyler was actually the first one that I reached out to because he, because, um, just because of his skill set in a way that he was like his, his knowledge of like uh, all the same bands and stuff that we that we all kind of been into. Yeah. So with his help, and um, we recruited like um, some couple. We tried out a couple different drummers and stuff. So it was really just a thing where we all kind of mutually joined together and said, "What's the quickest, fastest way to kind of like be in a working, gigging band?" So. It wasn't like we actually had tryouts or anything like that. We've known each other for, for a decade or better. Okay. So it's just kind of like uh, our our fr like our friends who, who were adamant about helping. You know what I mean? So. Cool. All right. Now I understand you guys are really into '90s music because I read your post online about and you guys didn't have a bond over that era of music. So what do you guys? You guys were probably kids during that time or teenagers. But do you have any cool concert memories of the '90s or any? Memories of that era of music? I do not. He does not. <laughs> well, I was only like just born. No. So. Uh, okay. Yeah. I'm the young dude. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, of course, like MTV and that sort of thing. Like getting yeah. out of school and going home to watch MTV first thing in yeah. the daytime. So, like uh, uh, Nirvana, all that sort of stuff. That was the grunge era that was like really popular when I was. Uh, 14 to 18, 19 years old, so it's, I didn't even really think that we were a very 90s-ish band, it just seems like the audience kind of like slapped that genre on us, yeah. and I didn't mind at all, so I just kind of like run with it, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. We, obviously there was like Hair Arena here in 
stadium. And stuff. Yeah, it's so the old hitter arena. We, we all, I'm sure if you ask some of the other members, everyone's got like certain fond memories of different concerts at Hair Arena, the Pantera shows. We were just talking about that last night at band practice, yeah. actually. But um, all the different concerts, Hera was lucky enough to have a lot of big acts come through. And I'm sure that somewhere along the lines, we've all caught different shows there and stuff like that. So the, those different concert memories, I'm sure, resonate with everyone in different ways. So Absolutely. And of course, when Nirvana came out, it was only five, so I had to learn about them later because I was too young for them. But I definitely, growing up, um, late 90s, I definitely watched... Music video on VH1, MTV. Yeah. It was something like we came home from school after a long day. Yeah. Those were so much fun. Yeah, right. We throw some pizza rolls in the microwave. Oh, yeah. And watch the uh, 10. What was it? The, 10, uh, the top 10. The TRL's top 10. Top 10. Yeah. That time I got the TRL, it was ruined. Like Mandy Moore. Yeah. Yeah, it got all. It got yeah. ruined. Boy Bandy. Yeah, the Boy Bandy era. It was very out of sync. Yeah. Yeah. So there was that part of the night. kind of seems like, uh, it just kind of felt like, uh, like I said, I feel like the 90s influence is just kind of, we write pop songs really at, at our core, Yes. and when they're kind of like guitar rock, people tend to relate that to like 90s era music, because since the 90s it seems like guitar music is becoming less, and it's becoming more hip-hop, dance, retro, like the synth. Based, electronic bass. So There's a lot of variety out there now, yeah. not just not just guitar not just stuff. guitar music. And yeah. it feels like if you're writing pop guitar songs, people tend to go, oh, it's like 90s rock. And I just kind of like never fought against that. And I said, well, hey, if we sound like a 90s band, then we must sound like a 90s band. So I more or less like embraced it rather than fighting against it. You know what I mean? So Absolutely. That, that, that's a very interesting story. Now, you guys love yourself as a do-it-yourself indie band. You, see, you do everything yourself. And, of course, you mentioned the music video. You guys book your own tours and shows and whatnot. I just want to know, um, what do you like about being a do-it-yourself indie band the most? What stands out to you? Uh, no rules. No rules. Yeah, no rules. We get, we kind of get to dictate the pace that we want to work on, work at, uh, decide how we want to do things, when we want to do them. Yes. If we want to do them. <laughs> uh, it just takes the. It just lets us have full control of what we want to do. Yeah, no doubt. It's easier that way, I think. Yeah, I feel, I feel the same way. I feel like uh, sometimes there's events that we want to be a part of or we don't want to be a part of and we get the freedom of doing stuff like that. We get the total creative freedom too of kind of like determining what we sound like, what our videos look like, what our imagery and our online content looks like and that's cool. Sometimes I wish we didn't have to do it all ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes obviously I wish we had a team of people that could do that stuff for us but having control over it is also nice at the same time. So. Yeah, you have no boss to answer to. Yeah. I, I love that. Not really, you know. Yeah. So. But I want to ask, um, is there anything that you guys struggle with as a band? <laughs> um, absolutely, there are struggles yeah. with being in a band. Um, uh, time. Yeah. time. Time is yeah. a big one. I have three kids. Oh, I've got three kids. Okay. Like, uh, finding time during the week to practice is difficult, so we make the most of it when we do. Yeah. Uh, I can respect that. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, we, yeah, no doubt. 
Absolutely, time is a big crunch against us. Like we we work our we work really hard, and we're always constantly like putting plans into place or like working towards a schedule or crossing things off of a to-do list for us. We take this really seriously, very business approach towards it. Um, but yeah, we're always racing against time, trying to figure out how to crunch crunch things into a busy schedule full of work, kids, stuff like that. So. And because we can't get together, you know, every day, like maybe some local bands can. Yeah. Uh, like I live, you know, farther away than the other guys, and we all work different work schedules and stuff. So we have like daily band conference. Okay. Yeah, we, like, if we don't practice, you know, more than once a week or something, we talk every day. Yeah. So at least we know kind of what we're doing. Yeah. We do get yeah, at least it. bond at the very yeah. least. Yeah, yeah. Like utilize our time that we do get. Yeah. To yeah. fulfill whatever we have to do. Yeah, that's been a good thing. We didn't, yeah. I didn't used to do that a long time ago. But yeah. I think like some some daily, every other day, every couple of day, like conference communication keeps everybody on the same page and helps and helps with the problems that are presented helps us keep them all in check a little bit better. You know? Absolutely. Now, this past summer, you guys released an album, Satellites. Talk more about that album. So, what was the highlight of making that album? The, the doing it yourself part, I think. Yes. No boss. Yeah, no boss. We we initially recorded drums with Micah. Uh, Topside? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In Troy. And uh, we were just up there a couple days, did all the drums and like a little bit of guitar stuff. Yeah. got extra time. Uh, and then the, the most fun part was sitting in at yeah, the band rehearsal room, like recording everything else ourselves. Okay. Just yeah. playing around, yeah. getting really to kind of get into the songs. When we recorded, we didn't have lyrics, so we had to sit there, write lyrics together, and just just mess around just for six months. Yeah, yeah. We started the whole process in Pop, at Popside Studios in Troy with Micah, and um, we did all we did all the foundation work there. Yes. And then we were able to take it back to our studio and kind of like piece all the, the overdubs and the vocals together. And it took it took us a little while, but um, it was ultimately fun. And we also got to me, Tyler and I got to learn about kind of like the process in which we write, um, how we write together, yeah. how, how easy it was for us to kind of like form ideas creatively, yeah. melody ideas, lyric ideas. Yeah, we, We're still like enjoying that still as we work on like other side projects and other demo recordings. We still do that same thing. We sit in our little band rehearsal and kind of collaborate together. And that was a fun process for making, making this last record. So I think that was the first time either one of us had done that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Like well, great. Wrote yeah. by himself, and I always wrote by myself yeah. in other bands and stuff. So this is the first time we ever. Well, the album sounds fun, so it paid off. I think it's going to do very well. I don't. I don't like. I feel like this. I feel like with this one too, it was our first chance. We all took it as the chance to be like, because I'm kind of trying my best to move away from the whole um, solo project kind of recording thing. This on satellites, it was really at its core. Even if Tyler had half the ideas and I had half the ideas, at its core, it was um, a big collaborative effort. I think we enjoyed being more of a band effort on this album versus like the solo project kind of thing. Absolutely. Without further ado, here's a voice of your own with their music video, How About That? <laughs> Thank you. 
at the Proto Build Bar, and let me get this back on screen. Yeah, as you can see, the side of my ear, and I got the rest of the band. We're gonna play a little game, it's called Secrets. Here's how Secrets works. Um, this is a classic party game. We will go around clockwise and counterclockwise, and ask the person to tell a secret that they know about a certain subject. Like an example would be, if you know something about hamburgers, tell us a secret about hamburgers, or an experience that you had with a hamburger. So what it is, um, Clockwise, we'll say, I'll start with James, James will ask Tyler, and Tyler will ask me, and then we'll go in reverse, we'll ask Tyler, I'll ask James, and James asks me. We'll do that, and we'll plug your stuff, and see if there's any comments on Facebook and all that good stuff. So let's start Secrets here on Ohio's on Fire. I, Daniel Diesel, I'm going to ask James Crabtree to tell secrets, and that subject is about fashion. Do you have a secret about fashion? About fashion? Fashion. As in like clothing fashion? Clothing fashion. Because you look, you look, you look fashionable. Yes. I do look fashionable. Yeah, you look great. <laughs> Many people don't Damn. tell me I'm very fashionable <laughs> very much anymore. I'm yeah. kind of going with the Unabomber kind of sunglasses hoodie kind of thing. You look like Eminem. But, uh, <laughs> I love it. Okay, yes. listen. Um, so, I know that Second-hand fashion is becoming more popular than retail fashion than yeah. when I was a kid. And I'm going to tell you a secret. Go to the thrift store and get a bunch of 50-cent t-shirts 
and and if you rock them with a like you know that you're really rocking those 50 cent t-shirts, they'll be the coolest t-shirts that everybody will go, where the heck did you get that M&M and that Paps Blue Ribbon shirt? And, you, and then you can tell them that you bought it from a retail store at the Dayton Mall, and really, you will know that you picked it up at a village discount thrift store. All right. That's my fashion, that's my fashion tip. I don't know if that was a secret, that was my fashion. It could change. be a secret. You it could be a secret. No, yeah. secretly, no. Not everyone exactly. is fashionable, so that might be a secret to some people. Exactly. All right, now you got to ask him. Do I have to ask him the same? No, not fashion. It can, be, different it can be a different subject. Anything you want to ask him? <coughs> do you think? Do you know any secrets about the moon landing? Oh man. Um, <laughs> no. No. Do you think the I moon think landing was fake, was fake I or think real? Fake. Do you think it was, it was a conspiracy? Conspiracy. Someplace so shot in Hollywood. You do think? Yeah. That, yeah. Speaking of the moon landing, it's. it's I, I should show it. Posted right there. It's right there. Now, does that look fake? Anyone that can see this at home, it's the moon landing. Tyler thinks this is all fake in television production. Yeah. I'm trying. I want to think that the. It was a great moment in American history. I think, I think, I think it wasn't fake. <laughs> But I think, you know, I think it was totally faked. It could be fake because they were desperate at the time. It was 1969. Yeah, the they said they they said they wanted to go to space. Yeah. They were apparently there were some behind to the scenes struggles to beat the Russians. Yeah. So they did this. I, I mean, it, it's possible. Here's why I think it's fake, though. All right, good. You, you want like a yes. real? Okay. So the airplane was only invented 50 years prior. Yes. And. During like World War One or World War Two, they would just fall out of the sky. Yeah. So, 20 years after World War Two, they just managed to build rockets to go to the moon. Yeah. I don't think so. It's just I'm a okay. Skeptic. I've seen the I've seen the um, uh, conspiracy show, a couple different ones. Yeah. And some Jesse of, Ventura. Yeah. Some yeah, of the stuff, Ventura. Some of the stuff they showed to disprove going to the moon. Is unreal. Like yeah. the lander, the lander that would take off from different areas on the moon. See, for the longest time, I didn't realize that after they made it to the moon, they also blasted off to different parts of the moon. Yeah. They didn't just travel around a few square miles on the moon. They actually like flew to the other side of the moon and yeah. used this little lander. And each time the lander would land, it would be like perfectly clean and pristine and all these pictures, almost like it was placed there and stuff. Yeah. Lots of different conspiracies about it. If you haven't seen any type of conspiracy show or information about the moon landing, you should check it out. All right. Well, strong opinions from two strong men. We have a whole song about it. <laughs> we do. All right. Yeah, we do. Let me put myself on camera because now Tyler's going to ask me. Okay. Tell me a secret. Or do, tell me. Do you have any secrets about the automobile? The automobile. I believe that the material used to make cars back before 1960 was better then than it is now. And the reason why, because my grandfather used to collect automobiles. That was his big thing when he was growing up. And he had like, I think seven of them. He had motorcycles. He quit after a while because he bought like a van back in the early 90s. And he noticed that it wasn't very sturdy. He often had problems with the van. And he had his other conspiracy theories that, oh, they don't make cars like they used to. Yeah. I'll take his word for it. So I think, because I think, um, a lot of it has to do with pricing because uh, they got make they got make so many they got make so many cars. Yeah. They would, they would, they would, they would, they would make a good car, 
if they make a thousand good cars, it probably costs a trillion dollars. They're using good equipment. Yeah. Or now they gotta compensate. They gotta create shortcuts to make these things happen and in a speedy fashion. Sure. So I think cars were better back probably before. Uh, maybe before the seventies. I think the sixties were still good. Based on the material that they're using. Based on the material. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because like Tesla. Look how expensive those things are. Yeah. They're pretty top notch, I would assume. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, well, what you're paying for. Yeah. I mean, cars are pretty good. They're just not as great as they used to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so that's my secret. All right. No doubt. Let me check this real quick. Um, because hopefully, uh, hopefully there were some comments on this podcast, but maybe not. But I don't know. So let's keep the game going. This is the second round. I'm not going to ask Tyler. Yep. So Tyler, tell me a secret. I get you on cam. Tell me a secret about football. Secret about since football. you're wearing a football sweater. Okay. Um, man. Okay, we're in Dayton, Ohio. Yeah. So one of the very first NFL teams was called the Dayton Triangles. Yeah, and I knew this. And. They lasted like two or three seasons in the NFL yeah. before they disbanded and never ever will come back. You didn't yeah. know that. That's you didn't new know information. That. You didn't know that. We knew that. We knew this. That's new information to you. Yeah, if you don't watch football, you wouldn't have known that. So there you go. <laughs> and there's talk about the Cincinnati Bengals making uh, Triangle Park their practice field. Yeah. That was like a couple years ago. No, no. Not yeah. a fan, but that's cool, I guess. No, no. Yeah, it was a cool gesture. I don't think it worked, though, because uh, they still happen. suck. So. Still suck. <laughs> All right. Let's keep the round going. Okay. All right. Uh, now we're on, like, a, we're on a sports thing. That's okay. right. That's cool. All right. Growing up, playing NBA Jam, mm, yeah. what is a secret that you remember about playing NBA Jam? Ah, you know, there's not, I can't. Who was your on fire guy? Dude, the on fire guy. I know that there was a few. I know that every obviously you could select different codes to be different people. They had Bill Clinton at the time. Oh yeah, yeah. They had a couple different guys. And does anybody remember the young kid, the little guy? Um, what was his name? There was a kid, and you could get this you young kid. Yeah, you could you could put in a code for NBA jams, and you could be this little kid. And the little kid would always get on fire yeah. real, real good. And he was a good player. If anybody can pull up NBA jams for Nintendo, Super Sega Nintendo, Genesis. Sega Genesis, anything like that, someone comment if you know the code to get the little kid and what the kid's <laughs> name was. I'd like to know that. I don't. My only secret is that the kid was really good, and if you got him, you would, you were bound to win. I don't remember what his name was or what the code was to get that kid but hey yeah so comment below i'm gonna try to get to the comment screens now tell me the code or at least what the kid's name was to get the kid on nba jams yes i also remember there was a cheat code for mortal kombat they had two of the characters i think there's a cheat code for beavis and butthead was there really i think there was (laughs) No, so that's something else. I, know I don't know if it was on all councils. I think one of the councils uh, had to be using... The Mortal uh, Kombat cheat code is called Abacab. Abacab. That's the name of the code. A-B-A-C-A-B. Absolutely. Yeah, it's just like the 80s album. Yeah. That's, that's freaking amazing. There was like, like a deathcore band named Abacab. That's awesome. <laughs> that I really dug. <laughs> there was a band called Up, Up, Down, Down, Left, Right, Left, Right. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Start. That was the Contra code. That's in the Junos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's a secret. Word. All right, let's finish this game. James, you're going to ask me a secret. Okay. Um, a secret. Do you know any secrets about the the only the the only line the last lineup that's won the World Series for the Cincinnati Reds? <laughs> yes. This is good. This is open all types of yeah, different information. Secrets. Well, the line. Well, the, the captain of the team. I don't know if he was the captain officially yet, but it was Barry Larkin. Okay. And um, he was on that team that won the 1990 World 1990 Series. World there Series. was a controversy involving the owner March Shad. March. Because she had she collected um, she collected memorabilia from other countries, and she did have a memorabilia of the Nazis from 1940s Germany. Oh, okay. And she did swear that she didn't support them. It was just something for history. Okay. Say people didn't believe her. Barry Larkin stood up to her uh, because uh, the, uh, the hate chilled down uh, a little bit. After Barry Larkin. After uh, Barry Larkin spoke up saying, hey, she's not racist. I wouldn't be playing for her uh, okay, if she yeah, was yeah, okay. like that. They would always show her she'd be smoking cigarettes. Yeah, she loved you. Yeah. <laughs> she loved her cigars. What a good secret. I didn't know that. Yeah, Barry Larkin defended her. Yes. Good information there. Cool. Good so, secret. Yes. All right. <laughs> Chris Let's... Sabo still on that team? Chris Sabo was on the 90s. The yeah, 1990s. Sport goggles. <laughs> yeah, he was there. My dad was there. It was him and Eric Davis and Hal Morris. Barry Larkin. This whole bunch of them. Bo Diaz. <laughs> oh, yeah. So Kevin Mitchell. I remember a lot of the team. Kevin Mitchell, no doubt. <laughs> All right. Here's the thing. I've, I've been told that um, when I do live streams on Facebook, you don't really see the comments until afterwards. I do think there's, it's kind of frozen-ish, so, but I will, um, what it is in the podcast version of this episode, if I see any comments for this live stream, I will speak my thoughts. But thank you, for, there are people watching this, so thank you once again. So let's try to wrap up this interview. Um, but yeah, that was Secrets. So round of applause. We did yeah, good with yeah. Secrets. Yes, no doubt. I've learned, I learned a little bit during the two rounds of secret of the secret game. <laughs> I think here, we all so learned something pretty today. cool, pretty cool stuff. So you guys got upcoming concerts. Talk about your concerts. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so we're playing in Cincinnati here at the end of this month in October for a really cool Halloween show. Yeah, we are really good friends with um, Taylor Shannon. Uh, he's been in some different bands down there. His most recent uh, Smoke Parade. Now he's doing like more of a solo project thing. Yeah. And uh, so we'll be down there to uh, celebrate the Halloween weekend with him for a big show on the riverboats at uh, this place called the Beer Cellar. We've never been to the Beer Cellar or actually played on the riverboat like area down there. So yeah. we're really excited about that. Uh, that's in Cincinnati on the 26th. We are playing November the 16th at uh, here in town at Blind Bob's. Yeah. Um, with our friends, Good Night, Good Night. Yes. Uh, Slow Glow, Siren Suit. Uh, they're from Cincinnati, and um, the the guys from Good Night, Good Night um, have always been really supportive, and we're really supportive of them. So we're happy to be on their CD release. That's going to be their CD release party. Yeah. For this new album they've been working on. That's uh, I believe. Uh, November the 16th. Yeah, I think it's the 16th. I think it's Friday or Saturday night. I can't remember which night it is, but it is the 16th of November. And then um, in December, we are in Columbus um, celebrating this Guided by Voices tribute show. Okay. That's going to be at the Ace of Cups. It's like a bunch of different bands from the Columbus, uh, Dayton, Cincinnati area. 
It's organized by our friend Kyle Sawash. He plays in a couple different bands, uh, including Smug Brothers. He's putting on like a tribute to Guided by Voices. Awesome. So the bands get to select which uh, GBB songs they There's want. There's a lot to, to choose from there. There's a lot. Yes. And so we get to go up there and cover uh, Guided by Voices music for the night. So those are our next three events. I'm sure we'll be back locally uh, after the year is over to start the new year. I'm sure we'll have something cool planned at Blind Bob's or something like that that we're hosting, but those are our next three events. Come out and check us out if you're into it. For people that want to listen to the satellites or buy the album, where can people go to get the information on satellites? Uh, Facebook. Facebook. We're on Facebook. Uh, yes. we have a, it's all on Spotify. Yes, you're on Spotify. So look up a voice of your iTunes. own on yeah, Spotify and you're on iTunes. Yeah, Google, yeah. Google Music. Yeah, it's um, everywhere. Really. Everywhere. Yeah, yeah, everywhere. Amazon, Spotify, all your streaming sites have it, YouTube, the, yes. whole, the whole thing. So, Yeah, so the band, a voice of your own, look them up on iTunes and listen to their latest album and collect to you guys. You're, yeah, you guys are on my bucket list to watch in person. James, I've learned about you for years. It's finally, it was good to finally meet you. Yes, sir. And Tyler, yes, sir. so thank, thank you. you. Yes. All yes, right. awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank All you. right. Thanks so, for having us. Thanks for uh, checking in with us. Yeah, you're welcome, guys. All right. back. The camera's back on me now. So I'm going to go ahead and try to wrap this show up. i got to share some information before I go. But, yes, um, if you want to support my podcast, I'm at www.facebook.com slash Podcast. That's where I share my news on the shows. And, of course, right now I'm doing this stream that I've been talking about. It's on my actual normal Facebook profile. I'm going to see if I can change that in the future. I might rebrand my profile that I'm using now. It, once again, is a work in process. I tell you, Tyler, he inspired me to get a nice hot pizza. So when I get home, I am hungry. I haven't ate since 8 this morning. So I'm going to give me a nice hot pizza. So my advice for everyone that's listening to this is to treat yourself during this week in a week where everything's turning cold. It's getting that cold weather. And... People that work, they got to work 40 hours a week. They got to just deal with all the drama and the stress that comes with all that. Treat yourself to nice, warm pizza. Listen to some good music, such as A Voice of Your Own and their music, and all the wonderful bands that's in the state of Ohio. Please do that. And those are my thoughts. So with that, I, I think I'm going in this stream slash podcast. So until my next episode, A Voice of Your Own, Barry Larkin, Cheese pizza. That's the bears. The bears. <laughs> That's the way it is. Thank you. Hi there, Kathy Leggett from DATV. Make sure you check us out on Time Warner Channel 5, 6, and 23, Sundays at 12 noon, Tuesdays at 9 p.m. See you at the next show. Once upon a time, a young boy made a wish to journey to a land of magic with knights and royalty where he draws back the mighty bow and holds strong the swinging sword to feast and cheer the day. Then drift off to sleep knowing that was magic. Yeah. Come celebrate 30 years of magic at the Ohio Renaissance Festival.